Fall camp is about a week old, and what do we know? What have we learned in this first week of fall camp? We'll tell you right after this. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. I do want to let you know that um, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more right now. When you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get up to Get bonus bets every time they win during the regular season. That's at fanduel.com slash locked on for more information there. All right. So I'm sitting here wondering what we learned, where we sat over. We had questions going into fall camp that we were curious about. Number one with the quarterback competition. Number two was the newcomers. And we did get a few answers on those categories. And we also have different stuff that has popped up. So let's kind of talk about the major talking points after a week in Ole Miss fall camp. First of all, Jackson Dart appears to be doing very well in the quarterback competition. He is doing all the stuff he needs to do. Now, this isn't a situation, just like I told you yesterday, where none of the quarterbacks are being per, performing at an elite level and it's just Jackson Dart by default, essentially. No, it's Jackson Dart outperforming Spencer Sanders, who's performing really well himself. Outperforming Walker Howard, who's performing really well himself. Even Austin Simmons has started to flash, which, by the way, um, I wish I could pat myself on the back here because we've been talking about Austin Simmons for a month, and now everybody else is catching up to that. I'm telling you, this is an elite, talented quarterback in Austin Simmons, and I knew he was going to flash um, once he got on campus. He is competing for the 2024 quarterback job right now with Walker Howard. Those two, make no mistake, are competing for that job. But the main storyline, the number one thing, whenever you look at this quarterback room in the super competitive group, was that there was actually going to be a competition. And that hasn't really matriculated to this point. Now, if you look at it, David Johnson from 247 says Jackson Dart is checking most of the boxes as the quarterback battle goes on. And and you hear talking points from time to time, and what those are mostly being fed to reporters, um, where they tried to like play up the quarterback competition a couple of days ago. And for whatever reason, it just didn't stick. Jackson Dart seems to be performing. If you saw the way that Jalen Knox's eyes lit up when he talked about, you know, Jackson Dart looking like a completely different quarterback out there. I think we honestly have a situation on our hand like we had with Matt Corral in from 2020 to 2021 to where just that second year in the system and understanding how to perform at that level is going to be beneficial for Jackson Dart down the road. I think I've said for weeks, I thought Jackson Dart was going to end up being the guy. I do think Spencer Sanders, if he stays, they'll probably have packages for him. I, I, we're getting fairly close to the point to where we need to start paying attention. 
not necessarily anybody's going to say anything about that, but we need to pay attention because everybody's focused on Spencer Sanders getting the credits to graduate. That That's the window that they're looking at for if Spencer Sanders would leave or not. But Spencer Sanders could leave right now for an FCS school, no questions asked. That's never changed. He could go to Abilene Christian or someplace back in Texas and play football right now. Um, so I figure once we get past August 20th, we can plan pretty solidly on the quarterback room and what exactly that'll look like. But these guys are playing really well. And you can see Lane Kiffin smiling. He's jovial in press conferences. There's like a quiet confidence that he is going through right now. And it's mostly probably because his quarterback room is really freaking good. It's just unbelievably talented. Then you have receivers that are stepping up that you didn't expect to happen. Now, when you got here this year, the receivers that were supposed to be the guys, as in returning from last year, the ones, the upperclassmen that needed to perform, is Jordan Watkins and Dayton Wade. Those are the two receivers that were kind of like at the forefront. You had Braylon Brown, who I explained yesterday, is an ultimate show-me receiver at this point. But you saw that some proven wide receivers were coming back. Players that made plays in this offense last year are coming back. So everybody, you know, that was the baseline. Everybody was worried about the wide receiver position because Jonathan Mingo and Malik Heath went on to do other things in the NFL. They did what they were supposed to do. They aged out of it. So Ole Miss got aggressive in the transfer portal. And they got aggressive a couple of different ways. First of all, they went out and got outside wide receivers. And not just outside wide receivers, complementary outside receivers. Ole Miss's wide receivers do not change sides of the field very often. Some of these special players, players like Elijah Moore, they get a little special dispensation. But most of all, an outside left receiver is going to be an outside left receiver, an outside right receiver is going to be an outside right receiver. And do not underestimate how difficult it is if you're an outside right receiver to play outside left. It's the weirdest thing. So they went out and got Trey Harris, who was an all-conference player in Conference USA last year. And they got him in December to go with Chris Marshall, who they got as well. And they thought the wide receiver room was pretty good to go because Chris Marshall was a freshman. Chris Marshall, for whatever reason, didn't work out. I'm not going to relitigate what happened. It happened. He's gone. that's, That's the situation. So Ole Miss had a need at an outside right wide receiver. Outside left is Trey Harris. That's taken care of. Jordan Watkins, Dayton Wade in the slot, that's good good position to be in. And then you go out and get Zachary Franklin, who has rewritten the record books at UTSA. He has been an amazing wide receiver there that has put the Roadrunners on the map as a college football team. And he is a natural outside right receiver, both of which are contested catch makers, okay? If you're trying to help out Jackson Dart, give him confidence that they're going to go up and win the football. And that's what they did. I I like Jonathan Mingo. I like Malik Heath. I think they're very good wide receivers. 
I, I think this group will be a little bit better as far as fitting together. I don't know if they fit together. And there was times when they kind of went away last season. But this wide receiver unit, this starting unit, when Zachary Franklin gets healthy and gets on the field, and when Trey Harris is on the field, they're going to complement each other very well. You look at the tight ends in the middle of the field, you've got um, Michael Trigg and Caden Priestcorn. And they both were named to the watch list for the John Mackey Award this season. I, I always joke about talent all over the field and talk about that, and people are like, okay, Steve. Steve is being Steve. No, no, it's it's a real thing. And Michael Trigg went through some stuff and all that happened, and I don't need to necessarily litigate that because he's going to be fine and he has plenty of time to get where he needs to be by the end of fall camp and into game week before the Mercer game. But with Caden Priestcorn pushing him, that is going to allow both players and the competition to cream to essentially rise to the top. And you look at the wide receiver unit, once you include them, once the Kari Franklin gets healthy, you can see exactly how this Ole Miss passing game has a chance to be very, very good. Then you add on the receiving game by Quinshawn Judkins, who's going to make the other pass catchers better just by flaring out and the attention that he's going to get once he gets outside the numbers. There's going to be plays when that happens, when Quinshawn is not asked to block. Those type things will be really interesting to see. But those players moving a player out of the middle field, contested catch makers, multiple big-time tight ends in the system, this offense has a chance to be very, very special. There's honestly just no way that you can get around that. And honestly, that's pretty cool, right? That's kind of what we're all here for. Anyway, today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. And everybody here knows how much I love bird dogs. They're simply the most comfortable shorts you can ever wear. They make you look good with their stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and give you a truly sculpted look. That's amazing. I put a pair of shorts on and looked at my legs, and I do so much walking anyway. My legs look good, seriously. They do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit better. And they're better than regular shirts, shorts that are made of restricting cotton they also use anti-stink wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long if you order now they'll send you this this is pretty nice hat i enjoy that um came in they sent it out to me um i've been wearing it pretty consistently so go to birddogs.com slash locked on college enter promo code locked on college for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college. Promo code locked on college for a free white tech cat. You will not want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. And that is absolutely the truth. If you take advantage of this deal, you will be in my comments telling me how right I was. There's honestly no way you can get around that. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. We are talking about what we have learned in the first week of Ole Miss fall camp, some of the storylines that are matriculating, and exactly how this might benefit Ole Miss moving forward. It's pretty cool indeed. Now, 
continuing on, it was like there was a whole press conference basically yesterday, and everybody has been asking about Aiden Williams. Aiden Williams this, Aiden Williams that, Aiden Williams everything. He's been a superstar in the first week of camp because he is just a really good wide receiver. Um, Side note, I think he is one of the Mesh Academy students with Mike Espy and Shea Hodge and those guys down in Madison or Jackson. This is an example of the good work that those guys do. That Mesh Academy down there doing pretty fantastic work. So kudos to Shea Hodge, Mike Espy, and those guys for making a new line of wide receivers in the state of Mississippi, honestly. So, but who's next, right? We talk about the newcomers. Um, we talk about the newcomers. Who Who's next? Aiden Williams is turning head. Suntarian Perkins is not turning heads quite yet. He's Although he's making some flash plays from time to time. Whenever they play real football, he is going to stand out. But they need to get to the point of playing real football for that to happen. Uh, but who is going to be the player that is turning heads? Austin Simmons has flashed over the first week of practice, which we all – Told you he would. Nobody's talking about Walker Howard, but that's not anything to do with Walker Howard. I think that has to do with the new player coming in. It's just the way it all works out. You want to you want to talk about what's new over what's five minutes old. If you got a Nintendo when you were a child and you were playing Super Mario Brothers and then a week later, you got Duck Hunt, you're talking about Duck Hunt. It's just the way it works. That doesn't mean Super Mario Brothers isn't fantastic. You're just talking about Duck Hunt because it's the newest newest, and the latest and the greatest. So those players are really turning heads early. They're making they're making a splash. There are also players like Keidra Griscano that we are waiting on him to step up. When it, with the addition of Jam Griffin coming in from Oregon State, that's another storyline that we're going to be watching. What does that mean for Kedra Griscano? What does that mean for Ulysses Bentley? Does that mean Ulysses Bentley spends more time out as a slot wide receiver? That we don't understand entirely. All we know is last night was the last practice to where the whole practice is going to be viewed by the media. And then they're going to shut it down. And you'll be able to see basically stretch lines after that. So nobody's going to have any idea what Ole Miss football is doing. And Lane Kiffin is so, so good at manipulating the media. He is. And I would not be surprised. It would not surprise me if all, at all if Lane Kiffin has the practices scripted in a certain way so certain players flash so that we're looking over here as opposed to looking over here where we need to. That is something that we're always going to have to deal with with Lane Kiffin. It's fine. He does it well. I think um, a friend of mine, Carter Krishnar, said that apparently at FAU they teach a social media class on Lane Kiffin's Twitter. He's really good at this stuff. And people need to understand the take him at face value and no coach speak. That's kind of a character, and it plays into his persona. So – We'll see exactly what happens there. Now, who are the players that we think are going to step out that we haven't heard? We saw Zamari Walton make a play against Braylon Brown yesterday. That's obviously a big deal. But as a freshman, maybe an A.J. Brown or Ahmad Brown out of Georgia, the young freshman, he made some plays in the spring. Once it comes on and becomes real football, you're going to see the defensive players have the ability to kind of exert themselves, to prove themselves. 
Um, you know, any of the transfers on the offensive side of the ball, Caden Priestcorn, I think when the pads come on, you're going to see him a little bit more. He's going to be able to exert himself. Jam Griffin, I want to see what he looks like. To me, comp-wise, I'm not talking about talent-wise, and I'm not saying how he's going to end up, but whenever he runs the ball, it reminds me of a Maurice Jones-Drew as far as stylistically how he does it. And I think that is going to be good to take some wear and tear off of Quinshawn. I don't think you can do that with Ulysses Bentley, and I don't think you can count on a true freshman to do what we think Kedra Cascano is going to be able to do. There are weapons and options on this team. I just gave you a four deep of players that are going to play. They're, they just are. They're going to play a decent amount of football. Wide receivers the same way. Players have come in. Tight ends the same way. They've got a four deep right now in the tight end room and only a year removed from Casey Kelly being the only option. Offensive line, you've got a six-man battle for five spots for the starter. And then after that, they they start working on the second team, which most of them are already figured out. They know exactly how that's going to go. But Eli Acker and Victor Kern are kind of competing for that left guard role at the moment. Defensively, like I said, once the pads go on in this week, they're doing a lot of classroom work. They're doing a ton of walkthroughs. You know, full disclosure, we talk about the Pete Carroll system. We did that a lot under with Ed Orgeron as well. There was tons of walkthroughs. Even on days like during camp when we were still allowed, allowed to have two-a-days, on days that we couldn't have a two-a-days, it was a walkthrough and a practice. So everybody is going to be really keen on that. Lane Kiffin is going to be big on walkthroughs. And honestly, if you do this right, right, if you do this the way it needs to be done and you teach them right in the classroom and you teach them right in the walkthroughs, when you're on the practice field, it's about confirmation. It's seeing who absorbed the information and can do it quickly. It's not about 30 reps to get people to cover the same gap where muscle memory takes over. It's about, hey, teaching. And now do it. Let's see if we can do it. And then you get on the practice field and they actually do it full speed. You've got three opportunities to get it right. You see it three different ways. And that's just a different line of thinking between that and the way it used to be where run it 30 times. You'll get it right eventually. And if you don't, you won't play. That's the way they work. So I'm, I'm really interested to see this. Now, I told you this yesterday. Lane Kiffin would not be doing this new practice method unless he was confident about his team. When coaches are not confident about their team, they get very old school very quickly. And you have the uh, right and the reason, the ability to try some things because you know that you're in a really good spot to begin with. But let's say if Lane Kiffin was like what Zach Arnett is going through at Mississippi State right now, they would be knocking the snot out of each other and doing it pretty consistently. That's why they beat players up. That's why there's so much hitting in real football. as clo close to real football that you can being played in August is because you want to get answers to the question of who can do this job. When you're out on the field playing real football, you need to be somebody that can do it. When you have the talent to do it, you know what you have. 
a mature team, stuff like that, you have the ability to do mostly classroom instruction, mostly walk through, and then you get on the practice field and do confirmation. That's what's going on there. And if this works, Lane Kiffin is going to be held as a genius. If this does not work, if Ole Miss goes seven and five or six and six, people and fans will look back at fall camp and say, well, you should have been hitting because that's the way this always happens. Always happens. All right, when we come back, we will do viewer mail. We'll talk about the questions of the day surrounding the Ole Miss football program, Ole Miss football fans, and our Discord server will tell you how to do that as well. So anyway, stick around, please. I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. That's right. Every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use those bonus bets on spreads and player props and over-unders and heck, 50 different things. So... That is a really cool deal. And during the season, we're going to be given FanDuel lines and our odd shows will be on Monday and all of that. Tune in for that. And now if you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can, heck, bet, get bonus bets every time they win during the season. That would be mostly, most of the Ole Miss games you'd be able to bet if you, if you wager smartly. And you'd be able to use that as well. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. We are having an amazing, amazing week. We have spent the better part of the last month in the iTunes charts. We are doing very well on YouTube. Yesterday, we had over 1,000 views before 1 o'clock Eastern. So by noon Central, we were at 1,000 views. So things are going really well, and that tells me that. But it also tells me you guys are ready for some football, and I don't blame you there. So we're doing our viewer mail here. Ranting Rebel said, which game this season do you think will be the most important to where winning it almost guarantees 10 or two, 10 and two or a better outcome? And I'm going to answer this question, but not exactly the way you think, or maybe you were asking it outright. Now, the game that I think if Ole Miss wins, they're winning 10 or two or better is probably the Georgia game. Uh, that That's just autom- automatically, if you if you want the game, that Ole Miss needs to win to be 10-2 and two or better. If they beat Georgia, they've probably beaten one of our, uh, Alabama and LSU. Uh, that, that's, that's just the way that works. But I'm looking at this as like, okay, my prediction is 9-3, and three, okay? And I've explained exactly how that goes. We did W's and L's for the better part of two weeks and talking about which teams Ole Miss needs to look out for, the big good games. Ole Miss is a 
60% probability favorite on the ESPN FBI in nine of the 12 games. They are also a 60% or more underdog in three of the 12 games. So they're that underdog against LSU, Georgia, and Alabama. Okay. So that tells you if everything goes to chalk, you're looking at nine and three. Probability-wise, nine and three is the probable outcome. But as we all know, there's no such thing as a gray sports almanac. There's no back to the future thing to where you can just go in there and pick out football scores and figure out what happens. So what is likely to happen? Let's just say Ole Miss has a magical run, all right? Just for hypothetical sake, they have a magical run. And they beat one of Alabama and LSU. Because I, even then, I'm just going to put them at one, winning one of those two games. I still think then the most important game for Ole Miss's season will be the Auburn game. If it was a guaranteed win that Ole Miss could win that game after beating an Alabama or an LSU, Ole Miss would likely be going 10-2. and two. I think that Auburn game has a chance to be unbelievably tricky. I went over this from the beginning. And I think Hugh Freeze is going to have that team unbelievably up. So just be aware of what's going on. I think that game is low-key important, not because of how good Auburn is, because of what that game will mean and where it sits on the schedule. It's just interesting. Cody Camp asks, how many players will be playing multiple positions this season? He's speaking of both sides of the ball. So I guess he's asking about two-way players. Um, honestly, I don't think there will be that many more than, I think, J.J. Pegues. They'll do a gimmick play from time to time on him. They might do some short yardage stuff. Um, I, I think he is probably the guy. They don't have to go both ways. I know Suntarian. Perkins had an unbelievable, like 300 and something yards in the state championship game. They even don't want to go both ways with him. They want him to learn how to be a linebacker and learn how to be a really good linebacker. But I think J.J. Pegues is probably the one athlete that we need to pay attention to as well. Now, if you look at our Discord server, go over there. The link is in the description. If it does not work, I will get you a um, new link. Just DM me. Um, Every Tuesday night, we do Discord Live. We're going to be doing stuff during the season from time to time. We're, we have a nice, fun chat experience for Ole Miss fans at the moment. You can go on there, have fun. It, it works like a chat room, but just also have the ability to thread posts if it's worthy. And that is a really cool deal. But this is just a nice way to build community and everybody to talk about Ole Miss football, which we always want to do in kind of a troll-free environment. But September 1st, this will become a private message board. Right now, we have open enrollment until the end of this month, but starting September 1st, we go private. Anyway, thank you so much for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Also, this shirt and shirts that I wear most of the time, they come courtesy of the Grove Collective. And you could have this shirt by ordering it online. They have their shop feature on their website. Proceeds go to help the Ole Miss NIL fund. So if you want to check that out, please do that. And if they ask you, tell them I sent you. Anyway, thank you very much. And we will see you tomorrow.
Harry Tani.